Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the talks and tastings, not the toxic tastings, the talks and tastings studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Got faked out. Oh, I know. The, the 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 gesture came up and it didn't go to me. See what happens with Peter. You've lived with me. Your you've known me your whole life, <laughs> right? As far as I know, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, usually, yeah. <laughs> and uh, what happens when people expect there's something gets predictable with me? Mm. That drives me crazy. <laughs> I should have predicted that. <laughs> Maybe I should stay quiet because there's a lot of other stuff <laughs> going oh. on that you don't know. Oh, no. Don't tell him all of his tell- tells because then we won't have him anymore. <laughs> so what do you have? You brought a beverage there, Vicar. I did. I have a gigantic bottle of Jameson uh, because by buying the gigantic bottle, I can drive down the price of each shot to about a dollar a piece. <laughs> At long last, finally, Jameson on the show. Yeah. I mean, I kept talking about it. I thought, well, this is silly. I mean, well, plus you brought the tequila last time. So that, right. kind of, that raised the bar. Huh. Anyway, and uh, so I had to answer. And uh, I noticed your glasses you brought. Tell me what's on the glasses. Because right. there's so, a story that you don't know. Oh, yeah. So right now I have with me two shot glasses that are uh, emblazoned with the Kraken symbol and the letter K because they actually came with a bottle of Kraken uh, rum. So do you want to hear the story? I do. That- I- Berg could not believe was true, but it was the truth. Oh, yeah. I want to hear that. Okay. It's a repeat. So if you don't like, you've heard this story before. <laughs> so there was a commercial where maybe you were seen this commercial like many years ago where it was a like a golf golfers and a monster comes out and like swallows a golfer and like flails around. So the announcer says, what's going on? And, they, and the other said, I believe that's a Kraken, Bruce. Right. Okay. So me not knowing at the time what a kraken was, <laughs> I thought the creature that came out of the pond and attacked the golfer was a kraken, Bruce. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the kraken, Bruce. Yes. So, uh, have you ever read the account that circulates on the internet sometimes about the person who heard the name Francis Bacon? As three words, France is bacon. So people would say, knowledge is power, and then somebody would attribute it to Francis Bacon. But uh, he had always heard it as the, that that was the proper response, France is bacon. And so he, it, took him, uh, uh, it took him like a decade to ever come across it finally in writing where he, it all clicked finally that it wasn't this mysterious thing. Of uh, that you're supposed to say France is bacon. If anybody says knowledge is power, you're supposed to attribute. Well, it to I, I used to think when I was younger that uh, the actor, the the world famous actor who st- starred as Moses in the movie Ten Commandments, yeah, was Charles Tun Heston, right? Charles Intestine. <laughs> 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 That's weird, right? Yeah. Right up there with a big old Jed had a rhino. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. Let's move on. Uh, Peter, edit that out. So oh. <laughs> let me try some of this uh, Kraken Bruce. All right. Let's get that going. So, Jameson, what kind of... Ex- explain to me what this is. Well, it's an Irish whiskey, and it's extremely smooth. I think I mentioned last time it tastes like you're drinking... An alcoholic mercury, which is... Oh, sounds delicious. Oh, yeah, it is. And uh, I, the first time I encountered it, I hadn't really had any spirits. Uh, I had moved from fruit-flavored, uh, <laughs> fruit-flavored beers that tasted more like tang than they did beer all the way over to a few dark beers, but I was just getting there. And then I won a uh, door prize and ended up with some, some Irish whiskey, this Jameson. And so... It was delicious, and so well. You, your name Patrick. You kind of yeah, have to like it, and it was St. Patty's Day. It was, and I, these are just a kind of shot glasses that I would expect from you, who prices out how much a shot costs. I do because <laughs> you gave him 
No, Four but look shots. at the glass. Look at how much, Peter, look at how much glass well, is in it, that shot. That's the way, we can add more. I mean, we can pour it twice. It's no problem. But the one you brought last time is like a bowl with a stem on it. I don't know where you got those. Well, I got them from the kitchen. It looks like something. Yeah, those, are, those are tequila glasses. Yeah. Well, I guess I wouldn't know. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, well, you guys sip on that. I'm going to sip on some Maker's Mark because that's the better liquid mercury. Oh, well, i got to try that sometime then. That's smooth. Now, as someone who who likes bourbon, mm-hmm. there isn't much, like, if you compare this to bourbon, bourbon has more of the wood f- smoky flavor. Okay. Because it's aged in a barrel, maybe? or Yes. Okay. For five years. Oh. I don't know how this is made, but it says triple distilled on the bottle, which is, I think, how they accomplish the smoothness. And I got to say, when I got it, and my name is Patrick, I thought I was Irish at the time because it was just prior to me going and getting a DNA test. And so I was thinking, this really is a cool thing. I like this Irish whiskey and I'm an Irish guy. And, and then I got the DNA test. <laughs> and yes, I am slightly Irish. but You're uh, Irish? <laughs> yeah, ish-ish. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm more Irish than uh, than that one politician is American Indian. But <laughs> So can the listener tell that we're short on mm. on uh, show prep today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes. I was, I was going to do a little prep, but that's all right. Yeah. That's all right. I asked my, uh, I was on the phone with my parents. I asked my dad what he, if there's anything he wanted me to talk about tonight. And he said something about Biden and spending and, and <laughs> I didn't understand. So, but we'll get there. Biden and spending. Well, we should have brought Mrs. Vicker. She probably could have filled up the hour talking about things like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's not our jam though. No, we don't talk about that too much, do we? So, uh, Vicar, what am I preaching on? Well, I don't know. I brought the midweek service folder with me because I was only thinking about what I'm preaching on tomorrow. Okay, Vicar, what are you preaching on? Oh, well, uh, I am preaching on Jesus as the Christ. In my midweek series of uh, Christology, it was pointed out to me this morning is actually a concise way of saying what my midweek services are about. They're Christological. And so this week, the third week of uh, Lenten services, I will be explaining how Jesus fulfilled the role, uh, the office of Christ, which is, of course, the Greek word for Messiah, which is the Hebrew word for the anointed one. So, so let's uh, be clear, Vicar, this is, uh, as we record this, is this tomorrow or is this a week from tomorrow? This is tomorrow. Sorry, I guess by the time so this, this happened the last past. week. Sorry, by the time yeah. you're listening, it's, I've done this. Right. And I will have written it. By then as well. <laughs> and have delivered it successfully. So what do you think about this preaching every week? Well, you know, it's kind of, uh, it pushes things. How do I say it? Like, on the one hand, I want to be whiny. That's probably just my personality. Uh, that now I have to prepare a sermon every week. But of course, I'm a seminarian <laughs> trying to become a pastor. So I, so obviously, this is going to be the gig, right? I mean, it, it, when I am get my first call, Lord willing, that happens. I will not only be responsible for every Sunday, but also quite likely the midweek sermons as well and be doubled up during right. Lent. So, uh, so it's good prep. Uh, it's, it's, but this is, I was telling uh, Mrs. Vicker that I am by far the closest to needing to deliver a sermon with the least amount written right now than I have been leading up to this moment. Because, you know, in homiletics classes, you know, you know, like a month or two in advance when you right. bring a, write a sermon for the class and so forth. And you had me on a schedule where within like 10 days before my sermon was due, I was needing to give you the theme and an outline or similar. Right. Now, there's that's that's all like not possible. I mean, we'll still go through the, the sermon and work on it. Oh, yeah. I will write it. I will practice delivering it. And I just might not get to sleep as much as I usually do. But <laughs> I'm going to get it done for sure. So, so uh, what what uh, what reading? Let's let the listener know what you're the main reading that you're going to be focusing on. Right. Shall I read it? Uh, I don't remember what it is. Oh, sorry. Give me the highlight. Give me the highlight. It's Luke four when Jesus goes into the synagogue and he unrolls the scroll of Isaiah mm-hmm. and he reads from it and then proclaims to the people that he is uh, in their hearing. This has been fulfilled. And so that's what, and then of course the Old Testament reading is in fact Isaiah 61. The, so. so, so let the listener know, okay? I'm cutting to the chase if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Why does this matter to the listener? Because <laughs> uh, that's, you know, that's my, one of my go-to it, things, it right? It is, right. Uh, and so 
I don't he, let you just get kind of into the lofty theology without no, actually. He doesn't let me. <laughs> as much as you want to. Oh, I might write that way for a while, then I got to cross it all off and write something else. <laughs> so uh, why why does the person in the pew? Why does it matter to the person in the pew that Jesus is the Messiah, the Anointed, the Promised One? Uh, because he it shows that God fulfills promises, and if the world that God created didn't include promises, then it would appear very hopeless. If you wouldn't be able to count on anybody doing anything they said, and you would assume that everybody was out only for themselves, and no one would lend anything to anybody, there'd be no promises fulfilled uh, if God wasn't like that, a God that fulfills promises. And we will then be able to, or I will be able to point out then that like, we don't have to really imagine what it's like to live in a world without promise because we can look to the broader world, the lost world, the fallen world, and we can see people who have that attitude that they don't count on anybody to do what they say. They certainly are trying to get what they can out of this world because it's a matter of just uh, exercising power over the other person before they exercise power over you. That, that, by the way, that's, that's how uh, a lot of people... When you talk about that power, a lot of people understand like their world. It's just a matter of power, right? Like everything is reduced to that, it is. which isn't really that true. No, I mean, what power do we have anyway? <laughs> right. So one thing we were interesting when you talked about you and I talked about the anointed one aspect right. is uh, really the fact that there's always going to be we're always going to have anointed ones in our lives, so to speak. Oh, yeah, right. In other words, what I'm saying is uh, there's anointed narratives that we're supposed to follow. There is anointed paths and, and truths that we're all supposed to accept. And so um, whether you someone may disagree that Jesus is, in fact, the anointed one, it doesn't mean that they aren't beholden to another idea and promise by which they live. It's just the fact that what they see as what is anointed is going to not give them what they think they are. It's going to let them down. Right. That's what we talked about that with suffering. Every time you think, what does suffering do? It takes all the things that we have anointed as, this is my good, this is my life, this is what I need, this is what was promised to me. When all that gets knocked out by some sort of suffering, what are you left with? Well, Jesus is the anointed one. That is ultimately what I need. Right. Yeah, you. Uh, when you raised that topic earlier today, we talked about, uh, or you said that the the golden calf was ancient Israelites. That's what they picked. The yeah. children of Israel picked while in the wilderness. This is our anointed one. This right. is our what we're going to follow, and it's going to look like the gods of Egypt. Right. And uh, it didn't get him very very far. No, it didn't go very far at all. Uh, and they had to drink that bitter that bitter cup, and when it failed. Um, yeah, well, I th I'll have to think about that. I'd like to have something like that in the sermon that I'm still working on because uh, I want to think of other examples that people anoint, you know, currently. What is it that they hold up? And it, sometimes I think it's philosophical more than just an item. Well, but. Vicar, uh, to, to show you a vote of confidence, I know you're kind of worried about getting this all done in time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at me. I'm not worried. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be just fine. You know, that makes me want to ask. Have I, not, I don't want to pick on anybody, but have you ever just had to pick up a sermon and go because the vicar finally just could not get it done in time? Has that ever happened in the in the other the 18 years that led up to now that you've been te uh, teaching vicars how to be uh, successful? Uh, it's happened before. Okay. I just wondered, like, I don't want that ever to be the case. I, I would, uh, that would be embarrassing, I suppose, like if suddenly I didn't have a sermon done and it's like, Pastor, can you please do a sermon for me? But it was one of the, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's not like I didn't trust that a sermon would get done or spoken if I wasn't there, right? Okay. But the fact that uh, I I would say um, because I am responsible for what is being preached and right. how it's being preached, uh, I was not comfortable with the quality of it at that time because the vicar's confidence wasn't there and he wasn't sure. Oh, okay. And all those things, I said, well, no worries. I'll just go and take it. Okay. So... Because I'm, I'm not, like, you might think, oh, okay, well, then he's going to be mad or upset. It's like, whatever, I'll do it. 
<laughs> you know, that, that's, that's my that's my personality. Peter's nodding his head over there. Well, it's like your superpower, I think, because it's not just your personality, but <laughs> but you okay. know, I don't. I you know, yeah, that's just because I I I I know that the the vicar is doing everything that they can to be ready. It'd be something else if like you weren't trying or something or if that well, kind of, yeah, you know, it'd be a different I know they're working very hard to be the best vicar they can trying to be, be prepared for, uh, to be a, the best pastor they can be. If, if I didn't see that, then it would be like, hmm. it'd be different and it'd have a different tone. It's like, you're not ready. You haven't worked for this. I'm preaching. Yeah. Maybe you can listen from the, from the pew tonight or something. Oof. Okay. Yeah, would it but be a, that, that I would I would do that if if it was uh something where where they weren't really working at it and wrestling with it and trying if it was like you know you know I took a day off and but that's not the case that's never been the case okay so well I just wondered it, it occurred to me that what would happen if like the vicar just couldn't deliver would you just make them go up there and struggle through with what they had or <laughs> no no, no okay. because i'm i'm responsible for what is being preached well that makes sense that does make sense you know uh people like tomorrow night you know people are giving up their night to hear god's word and people are coming to make food so they can have full tummies and they go hear god's word so That's they right. don't have that distracted and and all the thin ushers are coming in to hand out bulletins organists are practicing uh for that moment and just say okay but I'm going to let Vicar sweat out the stinker today. No. <laughs> That's pretty good. Get up there and suffer. <laughs> right. It's good for you. Pretty because when, if the Vicar's suffering through that, then we all have to suffer through that. <laughs> That's right. Well, one of the things about my reading I wanted to point out is that I let it go longer. And part of that's because it's Lent, and I think it's fair to hear more of the Word of God during Lent. But, but part of it's because uh, Jesus kind of insults the people at the synagogue because, well— Maybe that's a strong way to put it, but they kind of wanted to see something from him, right? They wanted to sign, hey, we heard you did this cool thing in Capernaum, so, you know, do something like that for us. And they also were saying, well, this is just Joseph's son, right? Like, who, who is this guy? Um, and and so he tells them that that there were a lot of widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut up for three, three years and six months, and a great famine came over all the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. And they don't take that well when he says that. He points out that the prophets of old uh, had to bypass their own people at times, and they must have understood what he meant because they were filled with wrath, and they rose up and drove him out of the town and brought him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they could throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went away. And so part of what I want to talk about in the sermon is that uh, God delivered on his promise. He sent the Messiah, the Christ, uh, but this the Christ was not to the people's preference. It, it, he did not appear like they wanted him to appear. They believed in the Messiah, that mm-hmm. God's promised one was coming. And when he arrived and, and, and was doing signs in their midst and healing people and so forth, he nevertheless did not meet their qualifications in their mind, and uh, and they were angry about it. And I think that's interesting, and I'm hoping to fit something like that, uh, about that in my sermon. Okay. Just don't get too sidetracked. <laughs> that's, that's probably what I needed to hear already, but <laughs> I think a vicar is not welcome in his own church. <laughs> you know what? Someday, like all these things that I tell you, even though they're kind of annoying, <laughs> right? In about a, in a in a couple of years, you're gonna say, "I kind of miss that voice." <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> I'll probably have to tune into the podcast and hear you picking on some poor vicar, and, <laughs> and then apply that to my own life somehow. You know. <laughs> so, what am I preaching on? Since since we have uh, very little uh, content today. <laughs> uh, well, it'll be the fourth Sunday in Lent. Yes. And uh, this is uh, uh, the feeding of the 5,000. You want to go ahead and yeah, read sure. that for me? You got it. The Holy Gospel according to John, chapter 6. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him, because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, 
the feast of the Jews, was at hand. Lifting up his eyes, then, and seeing that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that all so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about five thousand in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, Gather up the leftover fragments, that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. All right. So, uh, Vicar, I want you to apply something you heard in a sermon to this text. You think you can handle that? (laughs) I don't know. Something I heard in a sermon. So, this past sermon, I made the point that the miracles... Yes. They they revealed uh, to our eyes what was always going on behind the scenes. Uh, right. Yeah. So, for example, okay. when when Jesus drove out uh, the demon of the mute man, right, and and he overpowered, everyone was wowed, right, and wondered, did you do this by Beelzebul or did you do right, right, yeah, and uh, and the fact that well, they actually got a visual of what God does all the time, right, of, of His power and what His Word does and all those things, yeah. And just because it was supernatural to their eyes, it's something that God does all the time. Right. So when we look at this miracle, we notice Jesus feeding, in a miraculous way, people who had come to hear God's word. Right. And we might be, wow, what a miracle. And certainly that miracle is important. It points to Jesus being the anointed. Yeah. The prophet, even. (laughs) Right. But nonetheless... What we learn of our Lord Jesus is that this is something, what he does here, something he does all the time. Right. He, he always provides food for the whole world. And uh, he is the prophet who yeah. gives us his word. Yes. And uh, now they misinterpreted it because they wanted uh, to take him and make him king because uh, because everyone would have enough food. Mm-hmm. you know, all their earthly things and all the miraculous things that he showed them, well, we want this guy leading us. Look what he can do. But when it comes to what he actually can't do, ultimately, most of them didn't want that. When he, when he as a prophet came to give himself, to offer himself, right. to give his word, to uh, condemn sin, but take that sin upon himself, um, no one wanted that kind of king. Yeah. Right? Right. But nonetheless, when we look at what Jesus is, does in the miraculous, uh, he also does through the mundane. Hmm. And uh, so we might get overwhelmed with the miracles and all these things we don't see. I would say, rather than that, we should be overwhelmed with that he does this kind of thing all the time. How often are we hungry? How often... Uh, does he refuse to forgive the sin of the repentant sinner? Mm-hmm. Uh, how often does the word that he gives return to us empty when we contemplate that word and take that word to heart? How often does he refuse to hear our prayer and, and show disregard for, for what we need? What Jesus does here in this passage is something that he does for us all the time. Even when you look at the question, Vicar, of of this, uh, we only have uh, five loaves and two fish, right? Yeah. How often do we ask that as Christians? 
oh, look at us. We only have a small church or meager followers and and things not going well, a, a small little church in a big, angry world. Well, that's mm-hmm. uh, what can he do? He can offer you the forgiveness of sins. He can confound the gates of hell. He can welcome you into his kingdom. He can drive out the demons in your soul. He can make room and make way for the Holy Spirit. He can uh, lead hard-hearted sinners to repent of their sins. He can feed you his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. Although it may look mundane, he's doing the same kind of thing. He is the bread that gives everlasting life. And ultimately, uh, that's why Jesus, I think, often said he didn't want the miracles to become a distraction. Hmm. Right? Right. He didn't want the miracle here. uh, He fed them out of compassion. But it was all in service to God's word. And and especially if you think of it this way, you know, they were going to what? Why were they there? What was he nervous about? What was coming up? Do you remember? Oh, Passover was coming up. Passover was coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So he wanted to make sure that they can have some food before uh, they celebrate the meal that pointed to his death. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. The Passover lamb was feeding them. Hmm. The Passover lamb was caring for them. And he wanted to make sure that they could go uh, uh, partake in the Passover that pointed to his own death for their sins. And so while we can get carried away with the miracle behind that, right? Uh, we see in Jesus the kinds of things that he does all the time, even though it may not be miraculous in our eyes, and it might be through mundane means. Right. Nonetheless, that is what he is doing for us. There you go. Well, that was good. <laughs> I think that means we need more Jameson, though. Turns out I have more. Yeah. I'm going to get too tired if I have more. <laughs> I'm going to have uh, some of my leftover San Pellegrino. Yeah, you were saying like the, the, the shot glass was way too little, and now you won't even have any more. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, that's fine. So, Vicar, or, oh, by the way, I'll use that. Uh, my uh, uh, I have a dedicated listener who wanted to talk about Biden and spending money and that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. I, I will say this. There is an application to this text to that. Hmm. Uh. They thought Jesus would make a good king because he could provide them good bread. <laughs> That's a pretty good thing. <laughs> right. But here's the thing. They wanted what kind of bread did they want? Bread for their tummies. Sure. For here and, yep. and I do think there's a general understanding that when there's an issue, whatever issue there may be having, that the answer is to throw bread at it. If I, like if our schools are bad, the problem our, ba- our schools are bad is because it needs more. Yes, more money. More That'll money. Fix it right there. Right? Right. <laughs> uh, very, very little will, will uh, uh, a politician, they won't get very many votes if they talk about the problem is uh, we have a soul issue. <laughs> right? Right. It's a it's a heart problem, not right. a head problem. Right. <laughs> the, th- the, the thing is, you know, everything, we, we need more money or we need this or that. We need to spend it this way. If we throw... Enough money at all these things, lo and behold, uh, all our problems will be solved. I, I feel like they're a one-trick pony because the because they do control the purse. You know what I mean? Like if you if it's kind of that stupid saying about if you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Well, I think if you're a congressman and you have the keys right. to the my purse. concern is this: I'm not concerned so much about how they control the purse. Okay. Okay. I, I am concerned that they seek to control the heart. Ah, and that is what often they seek to do. Like thought police, like that kind of thing? Right. Or, or thought police or putting division between people and, and God, between all sorts of things where, where uh, we, don't, we don't trust parents to, to teach their children. Right. I mean, a whole host of things. Uh, There is 
in politics right now more of a battle for the soul than there have ever has been i think yeah no that's a good a good way of putting it when you they we kind of frame it in terms of like oh uh social issues you know it's not really like uh often it's not financial issues it's social issues that divide us but but really it's what you're saying it's soul issues yeah uh, that that is completely i mean Okay, I don't mean to get too political here. Yeah, we we'll gotta be careful. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I get because I'm not an expert on those things. I I know the Bible. There you go. Okay, that's, that's pretty good. So, for example, when we we think of of capitalism, right? Right. I assume that you're a, you are a proponent of capitalism. I am in favor of capitalism. That's true. Right. But even capitalism in a soulless society falls flat. It does absolutely. So, so even when you talk about, uh, talk about, uh, oh yeah, capitalism, capitalism, capitalism. Well, if there's capitalism with no concern for the neighbor, it is every man for itself. Right. It is greed. Yep. And uh, one of the benefits that we've had of capitalism earlier in our in our country is it wasn't necessarily a completely soulless capitalism. Right. The, the Judeo-Christian values, as we might sometimes label yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, I don't like that. You don't like that one? Okay. Yeah. They're Christo-Judeo values. <laughs> I'd just say the Ten Commandments. Okay. It, it, it puts the Judeo and the Christian on the same level, and I don't like that. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, is that too political, producer? I think it's fine. All right. Well, we've been <laughs> but you, you know, But you understand my point, though, is... Is we think oh well capitalism is always a solution. I think it's the best, but it's still it's not going to work. It will take advantage of people if it's just about survival of the fittest of your in a financial situation. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, I think that there's valid criticisms uh, if there's capitalism that is not it, it becomes soulless. I guess in the gospel reading, they thought. The bread was a solution. Bread was the answer. Bread's gonna. They wanted a soulless king, yeah, to feed them. A bread dispensing machine, right? And that's not what Jesus came to bring, right? So, and he wasn't there to do parlor tricks in the synagogue either. If I look back at my reading, and right, it's kind of what they wanted. Hey, do something cool like you did over at that other place. Uh, I got some books yet. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, if you literally doesn't remember, I've been asking to go through some books from our library. That's right. So, Toss or keep or maybe. Uh, and because we're short on content, I, I thought, hey, let's go through some books. And then we got one question I want to answer. Yeah, we got a Reddit question we'll be looking at later. But we're, now we're reaching into the box of books that came from the library that we're purging. And we're going to randomly look at one, maybe a little less than random. <laughs> no, this will be random. Oh, it's random. He, I can confirm he is looking away from the box and he's stirring the, the, the box. The, whole, the spirit is leading me yeah. to pick the right book. That's right. All right. This is called Someone Cares. <laughs> is it subtitled Someone Else? <laughs> A collection of poems by Helen Steiner. Oh, I'm just Rice. not qualified. This could be the best poetry book in the world, and I would probably not. All right. No. Uh, Peter, put some kind music. We're going to use this poem to say whether we're going to keep this book or not. Okay. This is entitled, uh, Vicar, you're going to analyze this. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, as an engineer, I will analyze this. No, as a theologian. No, oh, sorry. All right. This is called, entitled, God, Are You There? I'm way down here. You're way up there. Are you sure you can hear my faint faltering prayer? For I'm so unsure of just how to pray. To tell you the truth, God... I don't know what to say. I know that I'm lonely and vaguely disturbed, bewildered and restless, confused and perturbed. And they tell me that prayer helps to quiet the mind and to unburden the heart, for in stillness we find a newborn assurance that someone does care and someone does answer each small, sincere prayer. Okay. 
I have multiple problems. <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about the poem. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me utter a very sincere prayer about my problems and see if anyone's listening. <laughs> Can you hear me? <laughs> Can you hear me, Colin? Ah, uh, yes. So what's, what are your... Uh... Well, I was you know, trying to put the best construction on it. So I was like, okay, it starts with transcendence. God is way up there. Uh, but what I came to hear is this poem is not about God at all. It's absolutely only about the author. And I don't care for things like that. Uh, if the, plus the works righteousness implied by like, oh, if I just pray hard enough, then it doesn't matter if I've said good words or bad words or, or you know what I mean? Like the, uh, it had the sincerity was what counted. Uh, so, so I'm, I don't like it. I, I don't okay. think it's a, I don't think that's a good one. Yes. So it asks the question, God, are you there? You know how many times a pastor has to deal with this? Like, how do I know God is here? Every Sunday we have the Lord's Supper where Jesus gives you his body and blood. <laughs> are you really here? Yeah. And it might kind of smack about, And And, and yeah. so in that, are you really here? Do you really care? Where does it point to? Does it point to the cross? No. Does it point to where Jesus promises to meet us? Nope, doesn't point there either. When when the poem asks, I don't even know what to pray. Does it point them to the Lord's Prayer? No. <laughs> hmm. <Huh. laughs> it, this person might be happy to go to that revival that's going on down south. <laughs> and and listener, if if you uh ever want like your Lutheran Missouri Synod pastor to like uh like kind of throw up a little in his mouth while you're talking to them. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Right. <laughs> Talk about in the stillness you can hear his voice. <laughs> okay. Like, why do you need me anymore? Just be quiet for once. <laughs> because that's that's not what the God's word says. Right. Why would you expect to hear from God uh, alone in a quiet place? I right. Mean, that's, that's silliness. Right. That, that's avoidance of God's word. Because usually that's that little quiet voice when you're still, will tell you exactly what you want to hear to feel better. Right. I'm feeling led to date the most attractive girl in my school. <laughs> right. How often does that? I'm going to be still. And that still voice says, you need to repent. <laughs> I tell you, repent. <laughs> hey, you did a good job. Before we, uh, this, these poems will never be heard again. Do you want, I'm going to have you analyze one more. Okay, let's do it. This is entitled, Randomly. But I think we know where this this book is going, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, dark shadows fall in the lives of us all. Hmm. So far, so good. It sounds like some death metal lyrics to me. <laughs> okay. <All> right. <laughs> Maybe you could read it that way. <laughs> you got it. <clears throat> Sick, this is sorrow. Come to us all. But through it, we grow and learn to stand tall. For trouble is part and parcel of life. And no man can grow without struggle and strife. And the more we endure with patience and grace, the stronger we grow with more we can face. The more we can face, the greater our love. And with love in our hearts, we're conscious of the pain and the sorrow. It lies everywhere. So it is through trouble that we learn how to share. <laughs> okay, that's like better than most of the death metal songs I listen to. <laughs> that was really cool. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Perhaps I missed my calling. I think Baker. so. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I probably follow the lyrics when you sing death metal voice nearly as well as I follow the lyrics of other death metal songs. So in other words, I don't know what to analyze because it was mostly just a pleasant, joyful noise. Okay. To me. <laughs> it's talking about sickness and sorrow, and it says nothing of Christ okay. and nothing of the cross. Right. It says it ca- uh, causes you to grow. I guess like the leads to character and endurance and all that. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I mean... Moralism. Right. Yeah. It's good for that, you. <laughs> right. So, vaguely for some reason. Right. Like, if if I, if I someone was in the hospital and I said, uh, this this helps you love... No, no. It's... it's it, it, yeah. You need to hear of cross. They need to hear of Jesus' death. Right. Forgiveness and, and for sure. Yeah. Okay, so that just went into the discard pile. Yes. My, what a surprise. I was thinking maybe the second one's going to totally redeem it and we'll keep it. But no, it didn't happen. 
Uh, and the last time it was checked out was, it's been over 10 years. So that, that brings joy to my, 20 years. It's been over 20 years. So that brings joy to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll be missing it for sure. Right. Yeah. Well, at least we have it in the Clerical Errors podcast. In, right. It in, lives on immortality, in immortality in the podcast before, because podcasts are forever. Yeah. Right? That's what the internet is. That's so. what they always say. Yeah. Unless we stop paying our bill and then they just take us down. Right. Yeah. No, I can go find stuff I posted 25 years ago on the internet right. still. <laughs> so, so uh, dedicated listeners, just the odd chance something happens and we have to pull the plug. You better download all 207 episodes. Yeah. Better get on it. <laughs> to be Peter. clear, I do have backups. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good point. All right. Reaching into the magic mystery box of discard, oh, potential discard books. You never know. Maybe we'll find one we have to keep. The batting average is quite low. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think we kept one, but I can't, is it? All right. It's probably still in the studio, though. Oh. Yeah, well, that's true. I don't know if, I, if I'm qualified to answer this one. Okay. Uh, this is a second chicken soup for the woman's soul. Well, uh, in today's day and age, you can declare yourself qualified. Oh! <laughs> and I have oh. to just accept it because okay. of the thought police. <laughs> okay, before I... I literally I throw have, up on my mouth. I'm <laughs> okay. not sure that I have seen Bullhagen ever cringe quite that hard. That was a good cringe. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that oh. was... I have known you my entire life, and I have not seen you act like that ever. Oh. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so the content is uh, not pleasing. It sounds oh, like okay. Okay, close your eyes. Okay, Peter. close my eyes. I want you to imagine this. I'm imagining with stories by Mother Teresa, mm. Princess Diana, oh. Candace Bergen. Oh my goodness, Whoopi Goldberg. Oh <laughs> no! Why was that on the church? Show? Sally, Jesse. Raphael! <laughs> what? Oh, Who man. snuck that in there? Why is that at the church at all? How, is it, how is it not bursting into flames right now? What? <laughs> okay. All right. This may be an intruder. This may be the devil's tormenting us because mm -hmm. there is no church name on it. Maybe this was confiscated or something or given because oh, somebody there's no it. library card. There's nothing. Ah, yeah. It's an imposter. Somebody just had it and got, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to drop this off at the church because I don't want it anymore. They just Maybe somebody it. put it into sabotage just to just to see like eventually when it would get taken out. But it would happen like 12 years ago. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was one of those jokes that went too far. And now it's been on the shelf for forever. <laughs> oh. What's the copyright on that? I mean, uh, is it in there? <laughs> Uh, maybe we'll need some more uh, Irish whiskey there. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm I'm still aghast that you even had that reaction. That's I've never seen you do that before. <laughs> 1998. Okay. I used to think that was recent, but uh, it's uh, 25 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I was two years old when that came out. Yeah, it dawns on me. The thing I said about I could find stuff on the internet that I posted 25 years ago, I have to update that because it's now 30 years ago. <laughs> this year makes it 30. I can find stuff from 1993 on the internet still. 101 stories that celebrate being a woman. <laughs> oh. I, you know, what's interesting, in 1998, people generally still believed that a woman was a word that could be defined. That's so, true. So maybe like uh, maybe it's not as bad as it could be. Right. Which isn't saying that it's good. <laughs> it's just that things can and did get worse. <laughs> well, well, there's a story by, written by Bruce Jenner. What could go wrong? <laughs> All right, that one's getting thrown away. Do you want to pull out another one? That was too easy. Oh, yeah, that one went yeah, into the discard pile. That, one's, that was like sort of a dead no! Whoa, no, no! What? <laughs> no! What'd you get? Can't see it from here. <sighs> Cleansing breath. Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul 2. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> We've been sabotaged. Oh, Is that no. just a book of chicken soup right now? <laughs> oh, it's man. poison, not soup. There's, that's, that's two spinoffs deep. <laughs> um, can, you imagine, can you imagine like how many like teenagers got this book from a grandparent? Like, oh, painful. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I thought of you when I saw this, right? 
have a heartwarming story by Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> what? No library card. No library card. Have we been sabotaged? What is Vicar, have you ever have you seen him do this? Am I just like no, out of the loop? I, I haven't. And it might be the Irish whiskey, I suppose, but to, to be no. fair, I can confirm that he's only had the one little tiny shot glass that I gave him. So no. Okay. I think your your little tiny is not my little tiny. Let's be quite clear. <laughs> uh, okay. Did what? you find another one that you're mad about? No, he's still looking at the teenage one. I think he's Jennifer Love Hewitt, really. One of our great theologians of all time. <laughs> well, this doesn't claim to be a theology book, does it? I mean, I'm not even... Is it just supposed to be heartwarming? Like, it's like secular a devotion de- book yeah. kind of thing, I think. Is it secular devotions kind of like mindfulness? Well, okay. Or, or it what? says, we dedicate this book to all teenagers who read the first book, who sent in stories <laughs> Both of and them. poems, and, <laughs> and took the time to send us wonderful thank you letters. Finally, we dedicate this book to God, from whom all blessings flow. No. <laughs> oh, it just hit the floor. Yep, that one. That one saw its last moment just then. Uh, I Can don't you know if I want to grab another, another book. Yeah, I don't know if I want to grab another book or answer a distressing question from Reddit. Well, yeah. I mean, at this point, you might have wore out your cringe gland. <laughs> oh. All right. He's he's contemplating the box of of potential discards. He's looking at it ruefully. Staring at the ceiling, squaring his jaw, getting resolve. He's reaching in. He's always, reaching. always going for one more. Oh, what's it going to be? What do we got? He's crunching again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one's getting the okay. phone book tore in two treatment. Yeah, that one. He just tore I, it in half. That one's. Uh, that, what I didn't was even get that to see one the before? Title, you... like... It's called Listen to the Heart. <laughs> I don't <even> know <laughs> any more about that. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, well, you know, isn't that kind of what Satan told Eve in the garden? <laughs> Just listen to your heart. <laughs> All right. Here, he quickly produced another. And wait. All right. Bad reaction already. Not going well. Coffee break with God. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this is a devotion book. Maybe this is just a devotion book. Maybe so there's like five minute. Five minute devotion book. Maybe there's 5,000 people, but there's only one cup of coffee. <laughs> okay. The f- I, I open up in the middle, right? Okay. Yeah. In the middle. To a page entitled The Still Small Voice. <laughs> no. <laughs> ah, it haunts us. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Does that Next. one have a library card? Or is this another imposter that somebody slipped in along the way? It Here's ha- the thing that maybe we should keep in mind. Uh, no one uses the library. <laughs> yeah. So how many years has it been since somebody has been in charge of that? I think my mother did some children's books. She didn't right. go through the whole thing. You, and usually, I will books. say, anything that's been added in the last 20 years has passed through my desk. Okay. So when you see a copyright of 1998, that predates you. Right. As far as being the pastor here and being right. in charge of what's in that library. Yeah. So well, we're, we're making a little progress. I'm I'm enjoying this. Like you just picking up a book. This was a ninety-eight too. Throwing it away. Yeah. Oh, you just See like if we can get watching a couple these. more of these. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm kind of wanting to find a good one. You know, is there like some of the confessional fathers of Lutheranism from you know the 16th century, anything like that? Okay. Maybe there's a Walter book in there. <laughs> Maybe Walter Chemnitz. <gasps> oh, oh, he's got another one out of the box. It's not looking good, folks. It's not looking oh, good. He's, he's turning freaking beet red. <laughs> he's about to turn into the Incredible Hulk. Somebody <laughs> is playing a joke on me. I, Somebody <laughs> has done me dirty. Okay. Total life prosperity. What? I wish I could take credit for that because that's hilarious. <laughs> but I didn't do it. Building a strong self-image. Oh, well, that's... Super important if you're not a Christian. <laughs> get a burn pit somewhere there, Bull yeah. Hagen. Ooh, boy, wouldn't that get the news media all over us? Burning books. <laughs> uh, he's All right. I think if we do any more, Bulligan's going to have a brain aneurysm. Right. He might have to drink <laughs> some more Jameson, like regardless of yeah, how time. There, and there's some things I can't say here. 
Okay, so that one didn't even. I don't. Did, yeah, we said what it was called, and that's all the review that one's going to get. Total Prosperity Life, or whatever it was called. Okay, another one has emerged, and I think it's going to. Is it going to go we straight to. We have two the, of these. And another it, Listen to the Heart. Oh, Listen to the Heart again. You know, that way you can do things like eat of the forbidden fruit because, you know, you listen to your heart. Mm. <laughs> okay, he's pulled another one. It doesn't look good. No, because okay. the title is is Parables of Jesus, Beautiful Lessons in Living. Okay, well, it's a little better than the ones that came before. But, you know, I mean, I, I admit to be suspicious of the content. Who, who's the author? Uh, it's Hallmark Edition. Oh, uh, my hope uh, has declined significantly. So the problem is, from even in the title, are, are the parables meant to be lessons of life? They're usually about the kingdom of God. Correct. About eternity and... Right. And if you're twisting them to be about your everyday life that's not really what they're meant for no i mean i i feel like there's occasionally the parables can contain wisdom that applies to this life like, okay all right okay but it's not the main point this wasn't this one isn't so bad let me tell you why okay 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 i can calm down now okay it is the parables of jesus beautiful lessons in living okay don't like the title However, inside is just reprints of the parables. Oh, okay. So if it's just the Bible, they've uh, done everybody a big favor by not getting radical about the title they slapped on. Right. Uh, I am not I am not going to figure out what edition that they used for it because So, since I hit the discard pile, it makes me think that in your opinion, if somebody wants to read the parables, they can just pick up their Bible and read the parables. <laughs> Correct. Okay. From a translation that I know. This doesn't have what translation Oh, I see. You don't know. I got it. Right. We don't know which English translation that is. That's right. And it, it takes the parables devoid of context. Well, that's true too, isn't it? Yeah. So. Do we need to take a break and listen to some uh, hardcore gangsta uh, Luthered rap? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, because I'm no. already not going to sleep well by what I just witnessed. <laughs> You're going to have to read a chicken soup for the soul to calm down and listen for that still small yeah. voice. I think I just burped up some of that chicken soup and it's still lingering <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> right on. Well, should we look at the Reddit question? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Confound the clerics. Peter, play the intro. Confound the clerics. All right, so this is from the Reddit subgroup called LCMS, and it is yes. Nice. And yeah. we have we've read the LCMS subreddit before. It's a interesting place. I think you 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 could say is that right, Vicar? Yeah, sure. It's people I, I don't think you. Uh, yeah, you can ask questions. I don't think you're going there for uh, legitimate theological discourse. Uh, I I might disagree with that. There's a few pastors that weigh in pretty consistently. All right. So th- since it's long and. This is what I want to do. Just read it a little bit, and we'll stop and go through each line or each little bit. Because if you read the whole thing, I'm going to get bored. Oh, that's true. All right. I'll try to (laughs) keep my place, and and we'll we'll get through it. So here it is, the topic. Possibly made a promise to God. Please read. Hello, I apologize if this isn't allowed. I have been struggling with this for some time now and would like more clarity. A while back, I did religious fasting to receive positive news for my blood work. Okay, stop. Is that why you fast? No, of course Is not. Is that a religious fasting? I, I'm i not sure. I guess... Or is it a fasting for blood work that maybe uh, two birds with one stone? Yeah, good question. <laughs> I assume by religious fasting, he's meaning that, that he did it in a state of prayer. That's I'm not sure if English is this fellow's first language, but anyway. Uh, oh, okay. I apologize. Well, I'm not sure if that... At any rate, like, it just seems maybe. We'll see. Well, then again, he is using... OCD right. later, so maybe... Okay, so okay. so if you wrote this this uh, Reddit statement, I'm just going to say up front, if you wrote this and you happen to be listening to the show... <laughs> you happen to be... Uh, okay. 
take what I say, realizing what I've just witnessed from these books, okay? Right. I might be a little cynical. Right. Okay. Should I keep going? Yes. One day I used an random Bible chapter and received a chapter and watched commentary about it on YouTube. All right, stop. <laughs> One day I used oh, a right. random Bible chapter. No, no, don't chapter. make fun of that because right. that's how I write until the secretary fixes that's my true. newsletter article. Maybe I'll read what I think the person meant instead of what the letters really say. All right, so, sure. fair. so uh, is, uh, is there a divine inspiration to opening up a random chapter this is straight out of my pentecostal background i've heard sermons that were uh, basically uh, composed like this right it it was i mean we've done this on the podcast right oh really where uh we uh we should do this again sometime (laughs) where we spun the wheel and did a a, a one because we had attention oh we had attention deficit this goes way back attention deficit bible study we would just do one verse Oh man, that's that's our classic filler content. One verse, yes. Okay. And so we had a, a Bible study wheel where right. we'd spin it, and we'd have to do a Bible study on a random verse. That's right. what this. Uh, I've got this right here. No, yeah. Let's not do it. It's it's only works with Berg. Yeah. <laughs> but so this person uh, was hoping, praying to get a, a good result from their blood work, and then they flipped open the Bible to a random chapter. Uh, in the in the hope, I guess, that something about right. that would speak. So to the first need. issue is randomly looking up a chapter, and uh, and then the second problem is he watched the commentary on right on YouTube on YouTube. Which, who knows? Right. The we all know you ask AI, not YouTube. <laughs> We've been over this. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it could replace Vicar quite possibly. Oh, might have to tomorrow. Well. But right. Wednesday night, midweek. <laughs> if I see the last paragraph of your sermon be in summary, in summary, just like an AI, yeah. Right. <laughs> Off topic. All right. Next sentence. Essentially, the chapter's message was that if you sin, God can take back your blessing. I have severe OCD, and I have a hard time knowing what is a thought from my OCD and which is not. So, in my head. I received the thought that God was saying, I will bless you with this, but if you sin, you will become sick again. Okay, stop. Yep. What, what's the issue? Now, this is right right up your alley, right? Well, yeah. I mean, the, I don't even know how to parse it exactly, but he's looking for a miraculous healing, perhaps miraculous now, and trying to get that by uh, kind of pulling these religious stunts. Right. So, so OCD is telling him something, framing his thoughts, mm-hmm. right? Rather than hearing what God's word says and say, saying this, my OCD is telling me this, but what does God's word say? Mm-hmm. He, is, he is using his OCD to frame, one, how he is finding truth, right? right? Uh, the fact that he's OCD and he uses a random passage is to me amazing right okay because ocd hates randomness oh okay (laughs) okay second aspect is um in my head i had the thought right so he is using his unclear thinking to explain his unclear thinking right right yeah and and i don't know how anybody would ever know I mean, anybody, OCD or not, couldn't distinguish between whether a thought in their head was God speaking to them. Or, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, they're not right. looking to the Word of God. They're looking internal for a thought in their head and then saying, was this one from God? Was this one from God? You don't have to have OCD right. to, for that to be a completely hopeless enterprise. Because if I, I would say this. When it comes, because we're all fallen sinners, mm-hmm. sin itself is improper thinking. Like, our lives are thinking improperly, right. having wrong conclusions. Uh, placing uh, ideas and thoughts that aren't there. Like our whole life is, we call it personality. Right? Yeah. But really, whether you have a mental illness or not, right? we all have the same problem. Right. We have a soul problem. And we all, we all have our own way of thinking about it and our own way of doing things and original sin that has to be addressed with the word outside of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Rather than what we feel or think, in our heart of hearts, it needs to be informed by something that is not ours, but something that is from God's word. Absolutely. 
And so, you mean, you could replace OCD with anything. Right. Right. It's not about the OCD. I don't think it would... Uh, it doesn't really define this question, this issue at all. For the person that wrote it, it probably... He, he thinks it's key to it or something, but it's not. It doesn't have to and, be... And what would the poem tell this guy that we just read? Look to his heart or whatever it was or... It's going to make you stronger. Oh, yeah. It'll make you stronger. Okay. All right. Should I keep, uh, okay, let me keep going. And I also was fasting for the protection of my nephew. So the thought was, I will protect him, but if you sin, he will die. So I understood that I cannot sin again or my nephew will die. Okay. All right. So this is more than OCD, my humble opinion. Uh, yeah, I, it's, it's a soul problem. No, no, no. No? What do you mean? I think it's closer to schizophrenia. Oh, you mean in that direction. Okay. Uh, I don't know about, well, as a person with a Pentecostal background, this logic with my air quotes, it sounds like some of the stuff that I heard when I was in that church. Right. Uh, People would. uh, But the way he says, I receive the, it's almost like he hears a voice. Okay. He receives. Yeah. And, you know, certainly there's there's a lot of things that could be in that but but i would say um he really needs to everything is in his head right and he is not talking to anybody who actually knows the word of god right well i don't know who all replied to this and and, and i know getting on the internet is dangerous but there are some faithful pastors that reply in this on this subreddit so i'm hoping okay. that he got a good reply all right but that's a very good point that like that uh, everything he's talking about is this internal dialogue and it's disordered and it could be something like a mental uh, a mental illness that he should address. Or demonic. Or demonic, right? Or both. Um, because the next line is interesting. Now, I can't remember making a promise. Since then, I have been afraid of committing the sin out of fear that my nephew will die and I will become sick. In my head, I thought this was a deal between God and I. Now that I think of it, I don't think that God proposed this deal to me at all. However, I fell into the trap of my OCD. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. That, that, is, that is helpful, but it's still all in his mind, though. It is, you're right. And until he decided to, I guess, come to the subreddit and get it out of his mind and in front of some other people, which probably was a good idea, really, like given that this whole dilemma is in his head and this fear that maybe he accidentally promised God something. I suspect he's worried that he's going to blaspheme the Holy Spirit or something like that, at least in the circles I grew up in. That right. would have been the major concern. That right, because he doesn't understand anything about forgiveness up to this point. Right, not yet. And and he does he does he trust that God does good things, that he has his best? Yeah, I don't know. Should I, as he continues with, because I knew I had to make this commitment to not sin, I have sinned again and feel afraid that my nephew will now die. It could be likely in the moment I did say I won't sin again or made the promise, but I feel so silly that I fell for my OCD trick and now I am not sure what to do now. I I have repented, that part's good, and understand that moving forward to be very careful about promises, etc. Any thoughts? Yeah, so the, the promises that you need to worry about or think about, not even worry about. Right. To consider. Consider are not the promises you make. Right. We're not going to keep our promises. But We're the sinners. promises that God makes. Absolutely. Like, even when we think of churchly promises, right? Promises or vows, as we would say, inherently admit our own weakness. So, for example, uh, when you make an ordination vow, mm-hmm. Right you are making a vow of faithfulness to God's word and the confessions. Right. That actually takes you and what you think and what you feel out of the equation. You make that vow to protect your congregation and you from going in the wrong direction. It's because you make that vow because you know the natural self, it's left up to you. You will teach wrong, you will lead wrong, all those things. Right. The only thing that... And, and uh, you make a faithful to the confessions is because our natural heart to the confession of faith and our natural heart to God's word is against that. And so you're not saying that you have it right. You're saying that I seek to constantly be reforming hmm. my own thought, my own thinking, 
my own opinion, my own actions, my own work as a pastor, not to how I think or feel about the situation, but according to the vows that I make to God, his word, and the confession. So even in a vow like that, you're admitting your own weakness, not your own strength, right? your own weakness. That's very interesting. And because it deals with promises, I might be able to work that into my sermon that occurred already on Wednesday by the time you listen to this. Right. Even a confirmation is vow, vow is, I will with the help of God. Yeah. It's not that you're going to be sinless. It is uh, about God's word and hearing God's word. Yeah. And, and make, having the confession of faith inform who you are, not that other stuff. Right. Um, I was, it is good that he repented. I, I like that he recognized the need to repent. Um, but I do think that you, you've, you've got it. He needs to concentrate on the promises God made to him, not the one that he's not even sure whether or not he made to God. Uh, right. Right. So yeah, he needs to talk, talk to a pastor and he needs to understand the righteousness of Christ, which is what people I think it looks like are doing. Yeah. Some are directing him to contact a pastor. That's, that's great. Um, I was thinking some of the guys have flair that they are pastors. So that means that they've labeled themselves as LCMS pastors. And there are right. some in here that have that label. Right. That are responding to him. Well, I guess just the one. But, you know, I don't trust that because some of those could be a vicar's pretending. <laughs> <laughs> My label in that subgroup is vicar, by the way. Okay. So they, they do have a label for guys like me. <laughs> So do you think I answered that? Yeah. No, that was good. Uh, maybe I'll go into if, to the subgroup and, re- and let him know that we, we talked about it sure. on the podcast and put a link to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Do it. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for listening. Yeah. I'm Bullhagen. This is Vicar. And may you throw out your chicken soup. <laughs> thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.